Go to Haggai chapter 2. I actually want to talk about the rhythm of God's glory. <laughs> and I'm going to say that, and that's kind of, this could be a little bit, you know, by, by no means do I know everything about the rhythm of God's glory right now, okay? I started, you know, I want to just, I feel like it's a message from the Lord. And when I say certain things like, okay, here's what we're going to title it for titling's sake, I just go, okay, God, you know all of the things that, that are in this, that are included with this, and I know about this much of it, you know. And so the Lord's going to do some things tonight, and I believe God is going to shift some mindsets, amen? And we have to be ready for God to shift our mindsets. So I just want to look at a, a couple scriptures <clears throat> And I, I just want you to see Haggai chapter 2. We're all familiar with this verse. And I've got a lot of scripture for you tonight, so I'm just going to get going. i got to go. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6 says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more in a little while I will shake the heaven and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I shall, I will, I promise, I will give peace, says the Lord of what? Hosts. The all the like the Lord of hosts is the, the Lord and all his mighty angels, all of heaven's like artillery coming at you live. It's intense. Like I know we read the Bible, but I want you to read the Bible as if it's alive and coming to you. And we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation to do that. So I just felt like the Lord was hitting on a few things, and I'm going to kind of sidestep. You're going to think I'm, uh, I'm going away from what I'm talking about, but I really need to touch this because this is all about prayer. This is all, all about our posture to the Lord and to one another, okay? It's all about our posture and how the Lord's going to continue to move us into new things. So in Luke chapter 10, we remember these two ladies that came together. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 and 40 through 42. And I'm not going to go read the whole text, but just write it down and you can go through it because I don't have time. And so I just want you to look at these two characters because Martha and, and Mary, I almost said Murray, because they're friends of ours, Will Hart's parents. I'm like, I almost said Murray. But Martha and Mary... They give us two distinct things that I want us to just look at because it's super important that we look at these two. And I'm going to just give you an overview because I want you guys to maintain. Everyone say maintain. And bring health to your emotions. <laughs> okay? All of us. And, and it, I felt like here's what the Lord said to me as, I've been, as we've been in building. Amen? I came down into the basement of our new building. Well, it's not new because there needs to be some renovations. 
But I'm saying this because as I, as I began to cut away some things and as I began to remove some things, there was some cracks in the foundation where water leaks in, brings mold, mildew, and you know what comes from that. Disease. Disease. What I'm talking about tonight is walking in the ease of God's glory, of God's presence. We want to walk in the rhythm of God so that we can walk in His, in his presence and fulfill what he's called us to do, not just for calling's sake, but walk out life with him. Because at, what we're doing here on earth is just going to continue as we go to meet him. Do you understand that? You will always be learning from the Lord. <laughs> you will always, even after death, you will be learning in heaven for eternity. Because you could never understand, if I put God in this room, it would be like, I think like Corey said, it would be like being in a rowboat in the middle of the ocean, just as you're there, that's just the beginning of who God is, and you have questions all around you. So as theologians try to figure out and understand who God is, I say good luck. Because all we can do is receive the Lord with all of who he is by just asking him, spending time with him, reading his, his, the word, which is powerful. If it's baptized with the presence of God, it's just dead letters if it's not. I'm telling you, there's life inside of it, but there's law any other way. Mm. Okay, so we look at these two characters, and I just want to look at Martha, who's basically whining how many ever whine oh you're all a lion in church how many ever whine okay no more whining we're putting that right that'll be at the door a red letter at the front door now no whining as thou enters so and the lord wants us to not you know be whining as israelites right cuz we go round and round and round mountains i don't i'm not into it i'm not into going around doing 1100 miles when i can do it in 11 amen, amen? so we just want to look at martha for a minute and i'm going to hit some things so martha was fragmented and anxious she had a lot of pressure and weight she was filled with what? Distraction. Jesus said, you're distracted by many things, okay, that pull you away. And I'm just going to hit some things because they pull these things, the things that you get distracted with, and they may even be good things, can distract you from where God wants to bring you. Because we settle for good things that are not God's best things, and it distracts us from the purposes of God in our lives. So we're going to work on emotional health while being very spiritual at the same time, okay, today? I can only hit this a little bit, and maybe I will. It's probably something that we need to work more on, like, in a class type thing. And so I'm not going to hit, because I'm really, like, anyway. I don't want to get into psychology. That's what I don't want to do. So a sure sign, let me just see. I felt like the Lord was speaking some things. A sure sign that your life is out of order, and you can just, if the shoe fits, just wear it and just repent, okay? I'm just going to say this, and I'm not apologizing. But a sure sign that your life is out of order is that you begin to tell God what you want to do and what you expect from God. I'm not talking about prayers that you believe in God for something, but when you start dictating what you want God to do for you, and I'm not talking, listen, I know about, all about faith. I'm a faith guy. 
I'm a prophetic guy and I'm a faith guy. So I'm not talking about making declarations and, 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 and walking in the, but I'm talking about there's a sign that your life is out of whack if you think that everything that doesn't come to you is not in the manner which God brought it to you, then you, you got a question, all right? I'm telling you, because we think that when, when we don't get what we want, it wasn't God. No, no, God's doing things, and he's, he's got you on the wheel, and he's forming you, and he wants to change you on the inside. So get ready for the things that you don't expect from God. That might be a turn, but you won't, you, we, we need this. And so how we receive from him sometimes is birthed out of our fallen nature. Okay? Selah. No, you need to think about that for a minute because I know this. We have a fallen nature and we expect certain things from the Lord. And when it doesn't turn out like we planned, we, we get discouraged and depressed. And it's not the Lord, it's you. Okay. Let's go on to Mary. It'll, bring, it'll make you feel a little better. We need to learn how to slow down. This is something that was on a theme for, for, um, for on Tuesday. We need to learn how to slow down. Why do we need to learn how to slow down? And I was meditating on this week, and Mary learned how to just chill in the presence of the Lord. And it's not necessarily being neutral, like, like you're just coasting or in neutral or idle. It's this. It, 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 he, it, actually, Jesus said you chose the good part. So she is doing something. She's worshiping the Lord. And so that's the better part. Do you hear me? I don't care what you think because evangelicals all over the planet have been running themselves ragged and not hearing from the Lord but doing good things. Church in itself is doing a lot of good things, but it may not be the Lord. Well, why can't we just move on acts of obedience? We can, we can, and I, I believe that. But I, I believe that we need to hear from the Lord and respond to the Lord. Because if I, if I watch Jesus' model, and we're going to look at Jesus, because Jesus was born out of the glory. I was going to deal with glory and miracles tonight. It's impossible. I'll just deal with glory. Because the, the reality is, I'm telling you that the Lord, watch, you'll see as we get into it. But I'm telling you that she chose the better part. And so she slowed down to be with Jesus to do what? Minister to him. And out of that, that was the better part. And Jesus said himself, he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And I only speak what I hear the Father speaking. <laughs> There'd be a lot of mute Christians, I promise you. There'd be a lot of mute prophets, for that matter, if they heard what the Lord was saying. But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is wanting us to be in this deep place with the Lord, and it is attainable for everyone in this room, that we might walk in really, really strong, healthy, beautiful relationship with the Lord. I'm telling you because there's so much wacky stuff that we can just, and I'm, you know, I love all the glory and I love all the, all the stuff. I love getting hit. I love getting smashed by the glory. But at some point, God's trying to like fix us, uh, restore us. 
and trying to break us out of old patterns. So we're just going to deal with emotionally things right now and then spiritually, and then I'm going to run. I'll, then I'll run, okay? This is all an introduction. But I want you to know, no, because those things are important when I said about the church because the cracks in the foundation, and I'll tell you, some of us have a sill that's rotted. That means I can't enter into God's house until I replace the sill that's rotted. <laughs> Believe me, I just dealt with it. No, no, because the stairs are going to fall down and you're gonna, it, it, it's going to be inaccessible at some point. No, I'm, I'm telling you. And so this is what I just had to deal with across the street. It's a good thing because it needs to get fixed. And just touch your heart right now. Say, God, anything rotten and anything cracked, just move it. Just remove it. I'm telling you, God's going to take it if we just give it to him. Lord, I just want you to take it right now in Jesus' name. So emotionally, we need to break free. You need to break free from self-destructive patterns. All right, I'm just going to hit some things, and then I'm going to move along into the Scripture. But I, I, we have to do this because if I don't slow down and stop us, we ha I want us to be, I want the Lord to come and us be able to hold what he's going to pour out. And we may, we may circle back to this a couple times because there, there are places we tend to, like in charismatic renewal stuff, we tend to just ignore the cracks, ignore the rot, ignore the brokenness. And you cannot ignore the brokenness. Yes, it can happen radically and something can happen and change, but you must maintain it with good habits. Good habits you probably never learned. I'm just telling you, I didn't learn good habits a lot of the way. It took me 30 years to recover habits that are healthy for my family. Do you understand me? No, this is really important. And so breaking free, you ready? Emotionally, we need to break free from self-destructive patterns. And some of you are doing it. I'm watching it. Awesome. We're going to walk it out. Number two, awareness of how our past impacts our future and our present. Because our past can always mess up what God's trying to do because we don't know how to respond to it correctly. <laughs> All right. I know I'm not reading scripture, but this is, this is super important because if, if I, 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 would, I don't have time to go find it in the Bible. It's all in there. If you read David, if you read the Psalms, it's always him constantly checking his heart and leaving the things that he knows he was born out of sin, but God forgive me. Repenting of stuff that he knew that was already inside of him because of his, of his lineage. And so the Lord is wanting to break this stuff off this church. I don't care about any other church. This church so that we walk with clean bloodlines, walking from now on, that your children and your children's children walk in a legacy of health and wholeness. Okay? And it's very important that we walk this out. It's not like, I, this can't just be one and done. We have to continue this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work. It's going to work. And some of you grew up in great Great stuff, but there's always the underlying, like, I don't even care the, the best family you grow up in. There's always the underlying little things that, oh, there's stuff under the rug. We just leave it there. Just don't pull up the ugly. The dust is under there. But I'm telling you, God is wanting to get rid of the dust. He wants to get rid of the dirt. He wants to get rid of it all. And he's coming with fire to do it. Yeah, the, the awakening fire is coming to do it. Friday, yeah, right? 
Okay. And so also we need to initiate and maintain. These are just a couple of things that came to mind. Initiating and maintaining close and meaningful relationships. And why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because right now I feel like God wants to connect us with certain things and certain people. And God wants to connect everyone in the here with meaningful and really good relationships. Not relationships that get me to the next, next place to do the next good thing. That's slimy. I just said it, slimy. It is, because with motives of our heart are not right. Okay? And it, again, it's coming out of that carnal nature, that sinful nature that God is trying to, cru- he, he already crucified it, but he wants it to be completely gone. All right? All right, you with me? So he wants to take those things and he wants, to initi- he wants to initiate, he wants us to initiate. Everyone look at me, initiate. Because you can't be waiting for people to come to you. All of us can't wait for someone to come to us to initiate relationship. And guess what? It needs to be intentional. And it can't be just, you know, I'm here for a little bit and I'm mentally not present. I do it all the time. I'm confessing, right? No, because I can be talking to people and be somewhere else. I can be in a meeting and be somewhere else. I can be having a legitimate conversation, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do in response to you instead of listening to you. I wasn't going to get into all this. All right, so we'll go ahead. That's our emotional stuff for now. There's more. I think there's more. I'm just hitting three things, okay? Now, I want to just talk about contemplative prayer and spirituality. Because the mystics, as they left, oh, they left religion. <laughs> they left religion. They left the organized religion and went out into the desert to find the Lord. And to separate themselves into the new thing that God wanted them to step into. And it wasn't wasn't the new thing. It was always God was waiting. Do you understand? So nothing's the new thing. God's always just waiting for us. I mean, he says, behold, I do a new thing. Don't get me wrong. But there is something that the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to step into. So awakening and surrendering to the love of God in every situation. Right? This is the first thing that we want to do in contemplative prayer and preparing ourselves spiritually. I want to give myself over and awaken to the fact that I'm lacking God and surrendering my heart to Him. Do you understand every moment of every day we are lacking the Lord in some place? I don't care if I'm over there, you know, starting to whine about rot. No, I'm telling you. I'm like, oh, I started getting all, that was that Tuesday. I came to prayer Tuesday, and it was good. I didn't want to because I found a lot of rot. Oh, telling you. And so God wants to restore our perspective instead of me rejoicing. God, thank you. I found it. Glory to God. I found a rotten sill. I found all these rotten beams that all need to be replaced. Glory. No, I'm just thinking more work. That's what I'm thinking. So how's our perspective? God wants to reconstruct, and we're fighting and we're complaining about the reconstruction. I'm over it. Ask Ken. He knows. Because it's back up and looking good. 
right? But there's a process. And God wants to do the process so that we're, we're set free. So that we are free. Come on, there's going to be more lessons all building on this building. Come on. But he wants to reconstruct things in your life, and you got to allow him to do it, and you got to look at the rot and deal with it. So anyway, that becomes the surrender part. God, I surrender it. I surrender myself right now to all the rot and stuff and all the punchy sills and all the punchy places in my life that are soft that, that God, you can't nail anything into. You can't build anything on. I have no solid foundations. The, the foundations are cracked. And so you need to help me in these areas. And he will. Listen to me. He will. I'm saying these things. There's going to be hope. The hope is Jesus Christ, the hope of glory in your life. But you have to have fellowship with him. You cannot wait around and say, oh, someday he'll come and meet me. No, he's there to meet you every day. Okay. So I need, you need to position yourself. This is number two. You need to position yourself to hear the Lord. Super important, super simple, but we need to position ourselves to hear God. If you do not stop and slow down, you can't hear him. I don't care. Sometimes I've got worship music. I've said this before. Sometimes I've got worship music on, and Lord's like, shut it off. And it's not. It's just instrumental stuff. Shut it off. I can't. You can't hear me, and I can't hear you, because you're distracted. Okay? Communing. Number, number three, communing with the Lord and allowing him to dwell, fully dwell, in the depths of your being. Communion. Different than just waiting on the Lord. Ready? The yield and the wait. I wait for him. I hear him. But communion is back and forth. Communion, he's saying, here's bread. I'm going to get, give it to you and eat with me. Communion is when I, I sit with him and he begins to speak to me. And I speak back to him only because I want to know the next question. Not because I need to give him my list. Okay, solitude in our lives is, is also unse a life that's unceasing with prayer. So I go back to the monastic Fathers, I go back to these, these guys that tuck themselves away. I think of Brother Lawrence. You know what? Brother Lawrence would have built a house and been with the presence of God. The Bible, say, oh, the Bible says, his testimony says, his testimony says that he would just be doing dishes and he'd feel the presence of God come. So his mind wasn't even engaged with the things that he was doing. His mind was engaged with God while he was doing menial things and touching the presence of God. And so this is, this is what the Lord is calling everyone in this room to live in. It's good. It's your portion. You hear me? It's your portion. And so solitude, that means you got to be quiet. you got to be quiet. And I don't know what Sabbath looks like for anyone, but you just have to get push time aside. If it's increments of daily time, that's Sabbath time. I don't know how you do it because I have to do it in colorful ways. Because Sabbath, I'm here. You know, Sunday, I'm here. And these guys are all ministering. Like the team is all ministering. So it's not really Sabbath, although we do it in rest because I'm not stressed out. And I've been working hard all week. And normally, I did this for years like that, right? 
But the Lord is wanting us to, to posture ourselves so we're quiet and we have this unceasing prayer life. It's continual communion and you can do it. You don't need to even pray in tongues, although God may give you, you know, you can pray in tongues, whatever. You can be at work. Whatever, right? The Lord wants to speak. Resting, resting. Let me just talk about rest. And I was going to do a whole thing just on rest. And we'll probably do that in the future. But rest is important. What does that mean? You're resting in God's presence, but you're attentive. Paul says we strive to enter into the rest. That means I'm doing something to posture my heart because I can just go and wait like <laughs> my easy chair, my recliner. Listen, I'm telling you, it's KO. It should call a knockout chair because I just lean back and I'm pff, gone. You know, God loves me anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, but the Lord wants you to be engaged during these times when you're waiting on the Lord. You're waiting and resting and listening and hearing him. And let me tell you, it takes practice. You, it just doesn't come. Because our minds, number one, are so wound up. As Americans, we're like a hundred times more wound up than most. Or, you know, the whole Western civilization is like wound tight. And so God's trying to unravel us so that we wait and stop and listen. Right? If you come here, you shouldn't be stressed out about coming to church because, listen, it's time to just rest and wait on the Lord and receive the, receive the word, receive ministry, but also bring ministry. Like bring what God is doing inside of you and, and, and just continue to, to let the, the river flow in your life. And God is doing this. So we have to understand also, ready, that our life, so we're, we're going to be resting and attentive to the presence of God. Yeah? That's what you're doing. Always. Forevermore. Throughout eternity. No, seriously. You know, worshiping Him and resting in Him. And then understand this. Ready? And this is not to take pressure off. <laughs> but this is to, to bring the reality. Understand your earthly life is a journey. It's a journey of what? Transformation. And you must be transformed and transfigured in the presence of God. And this is what I'm talking about tonight, is the glory of God is coming to transfigure you and transform you. Paul says it as, a, as you're a living sacrifice, right? We, we, Walker brought a beautiful message on that, that, that our lives, we need to be transformed and renewed in our minds so that we're not distracted. See? I'm a living sacrifice. God, let the fire come. And, and, and take care of me, right? So we're on that journey of, of transformation. And, and you receive, you are engaging, this last one, in union with Jesus. And it's ever increasing in your life as you yield to the process. <laughs> Sideline. As you yield to the process. Because if you fight the process, it doesn't really work well, Right? All right, so prayer is so important in what we're, we're about to engage in because I want you to just, we're going to go hit a few, a lot of scripture right now, but just one-liners, and I just, 
I really feel like these things we have to keep in mind as we're pursuing and we're entering in and engaging with the glory of God. Because God wants to fill this house. Yes, he wants to fill the greater house and the churches with the glory. That's great. He wants to fill the whole, the Bible says, the whole earth. Filled with the knowledge of the Lord. The knowledge of the glory of God. What is the glory? It's it's the doxa, it's the majesty, it's the, the, the fullness of God, it's, it's the Shekinah, it's the, it's the weightiness of God. And, and all these things, I, I can't even, like, do we have a, a specific definition to the glory? I would say it's God's presence in fullness overshadowing your life. And in your life. Like in here, in your inner man. Because that's what it's called to do. It's called to transform you on the inside. So I just want you to see Christ. We're in this season. Jesus was, his whole life was formed and displayed the glory. And so if it's true what Colossians said, that means that Christ is in you the hope of glory. Colossians chapter 1. Then you're called to live these things out. And I'm going to hit some scriptures because I want you to see that his whole life was filled and overtaken by the glory of God from death, from the birth to his death. And then it continues to go. So ready? Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. We're just going to look at that. and It's perfect for Christmas. Here we go. It says, and the, you got it? Luke 1, 35. All right. Just making sure. Word. It said in the angel, come on, I just want you to see too, I was just thinking about this, like he went to the shepherds first, like the angel said, shepherds, like come, come see the king. So he went to the lowly shepherds out in the fields to call them to see the king of glory. Wow, I feel God on that right there. He wanted the ones who were humble and that with the caretakers in the fields, resting, waiting, and tending. Say those words. Resting, waiting, and tending. This picture puts us right back in perspective of what prayer looks like. Resting, waiting, and tending to the sheep and to the Lord. Right now, they're all called to one place. And it says, the angel answered and said to her, Holy Spirit, I will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore that also that the holy one who is born will be called the son of god so mary's there and what it's the glory of god the overshadowing speaks of it's literally the same word that's transfigured jesus it's the overshadowing that came it's the same word it's the very presence of god it's the person of god not the son, it's the person of God that came and impregnated Mary that birthed the son of God in the earth. So he was born from the glory. <laughs> he was born from the glory. Yeah, it's going to get messy. And then Zechariah tells us this. Zechariah 2 and 5, I'm just going to fly for a minute. 
The Lord says, I will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. So this is, this is God's glory hovering, coming down in the midst of his people. And then the glory of God is that the resurrect is the glory of God resurrected Jesus. And this includes you in the brand new life. Remember the scripture that I said, pull it up higher. Down below. Okay. Messing people up. Do I okay? The glory of God resurrected Jesus. And this includes you in a brand new life. Romans chapter 6, I said this last week, I believe, because we were talking about what? A new and living way. Romans 6 and 4 says, Therefore we were buried with him through the baptism into death, that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by what? The glory, the glory of the Father, the glory of God raised Christ from the dead. Even so, we should also walk in the newness of life. What's Paul implying? Paul's implying, saying, listen, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, because he said it this way, dwells in you. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was the glory, the literal glory, the literal presence, the doxa, the majesty of God raised Christ from the dead. In real time. And in real time, he comes to you and raises your dead man up. And resurrects you so that you walk in the fullness and newness. Newness. That's not like old life kind of rehabbed. No. It's newness. It's a brand new life. And the Bible refers to each one of us that when we receive Christ, we are new creations. That means we're totally brand new. And we've been resurrected by the glory of God. And so there's, listen, everyone in this room, I don't care what you're going through. There's resurrection life inside of you living. And God wants to resurrect the very inside of you to the fullness of himself. Because God's glory is what makes you move and live. In him we live and move and have our being. We have our being inside the glory of Jesus Christ who moves us, who changes us, who transforms us, who transfigures us, who, who rips us out of the old life and into the newness of life. And you may say tonight, I don't feel like that. Well, that's okay. God's working in you to will and to do his good pleasure in the earth. And, and you are that earthen vessel that he's doing things inside of tonight that changes you. And I'm telling you, there is the beast that needs to get in control, under control by the Spirit of God. And the beast, the beast is that Romans 7 thing. That If we go to Romans 7, it's doing the things that I do that I don't want to do. But it's the beast. I'm telling you, it's the beast that they talk about in, resurrection, in, in Revelation chapter 12. That the beast comes. And this beast nature, <laughs> it's not a person, technically. It's the beast nature. That's trying to take over and overcome the church. Hello. Hello. Are you with me? No, I lost you on that. I'm just telling you that there's a beast. There's this, there's this old man nature that will, that's trying to resist the resurrection life. And God's looking to sanctify you. Come on, he has by the blood of Jesus already. But the washing of the word will change and transform and satisfy all that God, all, God's already satisfied with you. Yes. 
He's already satisfied because of the blood of his son and the glory of the resurrection that's flown, that flows through him. It's nothing to do with you. It's the glory of God that flows through the sun, that the blood-washed sun released the glory on the blood. I don't even understand it. But the power of the blood of, God, of Jesus is what re- resurrects your life. And so that tells me it's glory blood. <laughs> the blood that's filled with the glory of God because it, it was spilled so that it would take away all, all, all. Every place where you, you feel like you don't measure up. Every place where your mind says, no, I'm not that person. No, you are that person. And so then we go into Acts chapter 1. And we see that Jesus, Acts chapter 1 and verse 9, he was received up in a cloud and will return in like manner. <laughs> So the glory took him up. So he was birthed in the glory. He walked in the glory. I'll tell you where he walked in the glory. I got more. He came out into the ministry. Remember this. You remember this. The wedding at Cana. My time's not yet come, woman. Calls his mother woman. And then, yeah, whatever he says, do it. But it says this. It talks about the miracles. It says, and he said to him, every, every man being set out, the good wine, when the guests will have, have well drunk, then the inferior wine. You have kept the good wine until now. And then verse 11 in chapter 2 of John says, This beginning the signs of Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. He wasn't even planning on manifesting his glory. But he can't help it because he's the son of God. So some of us are trying to make excuses why he's not manifesting his glory. But I'm telling you he's looking to manifest his glory anyway. And your life will be a sign that God has manifested his glory. And it says, and his disciples believed in him. It took him to change some water into wine. Of course, they were good fishermen, so they were ready to drink with him probably. But I'm just telling you the glory was manifested in that time. John chapter 11, 11, 11. Not 11, 11. 11, 40. But it's the same. It's the same thing. Martha. Uh-oh, there she is again. <laughs> we just talked about Martha. Martha's saying this. Lord, by this time he stinks. Yeah, she's looking at the bad. Talking about her brother, Lazarus, who's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? There's a glory that's coming in this hour. 
as we come into faith and believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. He already spoke over your life that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And there's a glory that's being released over your life. And you don't even understand it. You don't have to understand it. All you have to do is cooperate with it. All you have to do is yield to it. All you have to do is just make yourself available for the glory to come to you and visit you. Amen. And so Jesus was received up in a cloud. He was received up in a cloud and will return in the like manner. Acts 1 chapter 9 says, now he spoke these things and while they watched, he was taken up. He was taken up and received in a cloud and received him out of their sight. They just gone. Jesus gone. And while they steadfast, while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Can I tell you there's a returning of Jesus Christ and when he comes, he is coming in all of his glory and all of his array. And the Lord of hosts is coming with all of his, all of his angels and all those things. And Jesus was conceived and sent into the world with glory. And then the, then the Father received him back into glory. So wherever you find Jesus... <laughs> you find his glory. Wherever you find Jesus, where is Jesus? In you. You can talk back to me tonight. He's in you. It's the glory of God in you. It's the Lord of glory inside of you. The fullness of who he is inside of you. Wherever you find Jesus, you find the glory. If we have been with Jesus, we'll find glory. <laughs> as you spend a deeper time with the Lord, as you wait on the Lord, he will strengthen you. As you get before him, the glory. I'm telling you, prayer is never boring. I'm telling you, a life of prayer should be filled with presence and glory. No, 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 it's not boring. It's not I'm clocking in, I'm clocking out. It's not I'm going to pray for 15 minutes in tongues until the glory comes. No, no, the glory is already there. Well, some of you will be, believe me before we get out of here tonight. I'm telling you, the glory is already inside of you, and he's looking to come out. That's what's going to send out the miraculous. That's what's going to release the miraculous into, into every region that you live in. So there's people from all over the state that are here, or even outside in Massachusetts, right? The God of glory is going to thunder through you. I'm telling you, so if we've been with Jesus, then we've been in the glory realm. If you commune with Jesus, you commune in the glory realm. You will manifest the glory of God. You will 
manifest the fire of God. You will manifest and walk in the presence of God, in the cloud of His presence. You will. You are manifesting the glory of God. You are manifesting the fire of God. You already carry the cloud of glory that comes through God's presence. Paul's prayer was this, simple. Ephesians 1, 17, you know this. This is like one of my favorite verses. But that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you. <laughs> Everyone put your hands up because he's giving it to you. No, he's already given it to you. You're just taking it more tonight, okay? You just take more. It's all right. You can take more tonight. Ready? So he gives you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who he is. That is so powerful for us tonight. And why, why am I saying this? Because God is calling us to live and move outside of the glory realm. He's calling a church. He's calling the ecclesia. He's calling the government of God. And I, and I don't want to get militant with it, but it has to be militant a little bit. Because God has called you as a person to manifest his presence, to manifest his glory, to, to walk under the cloud of his presence that brings the glory, that opens your eyes so that you can see, so that you can receive, so that you can awaken to what God is going to do in the days ahead. You hear me? Oh, it's so important. So there has to be a hunger for this. God's wanting us to live in a deep place of hunger. And I want you to see that Paul walked in this. That's why he's able to say this. Acts chapter 16, and I will land. Acts chapter 16, so powerful. You have the apostle Paul, he's, he's preaching in the streets. And this little girl, she's agreeing with him, but she's a fortune teller, so she's just harassing. But she's putting some, she's putting some, some witchcraft people out of business. She's putting some, some fortune tellers out of business. He's putting fortune tellers out of business. And so he's, she's just there to be a, a nuisance. And she's not saying anything that's not true. She's just being a nuisance. So it, what happens is the multitude raise up against him and Silas, and they get thrown in jail. So verse 25 says that at midnight, at midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Praying and singing. Singing what? Hymns to God. No, no, they weren't having church. They weren't having church. They weren't having, you know, they weren't doing prison ministry. No, no, it just says that they were praying and singing to God. Oh, they were in prison too. They were in a place where it wasn't as great. They were in a place where it was moldy, rotten, crack foundations probably. And definitely crack foundations in a minute. 
because the whole place gets shaken. So it says, and the prisoners were listening to them. What are the prisoners around you listening to? What are people around you that don't know Jesus, what are they listening to coming out of your mouth? What are the people that don't know Christ listening to? What's the frequency that you're releasing to those that don't know him? That maybe they know you're a Christian. Maybe they don't. Maybe it doesn't matter whether they know or not. But God is wanting you to be a witness and a a voice for him. So that our sound emanates and does something so they're listening. What are they listening to? And then suddenly there was a great, what, earthquake. Oh, yeah. And so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Let me tell you, they manifested the glory of God. They began to worship. They began to pray. Worship and prayer are the two foundations for any city being released out of, out of captivity. Come on, worship and prayer is any place is essential for you to walk and free yourself and those around you. Worship and prayer. That means I don't passively do it. I intentionally worship the Lord and pray. I don't just soak and sleep. No condemnation because I do it too. But I'm saying it's this intentional, like I'm in a dark place. I've been locked up. I'm imprisoned. I'm bound. Yet the only way for me to get out of this place is to pray. The only way for me to remove myself from this atmosphere is to make another atmosphere. The only way for things to change and to shift is for me to come into an agreement with the Lord God Almighty and His hosts and the hope of glory that's inside of me that I would declare the goodness of God all around me and set every captive free that's near me. There has to be a place where we go. It says that all the doors were open. And everyone's chains were broke. God is looking. The Lord Jesus is looking for some friends. He's not looking for an evangelist. (laughs) He's not looking for the apostle, although he was Apostle Paul. He's looking for people who may be even moving out of their own captivity to break people around them out of their own captivity as well because they become a witness of the glory of God, of what God's glory does in them and through them. And I'm telling you, there's a place that I'm believing that the Lord's going to take us as a community that we're healthy emotionally. That we, will, we latch on to those things that I mentioned to you. That we latch on to the, the healthy spirituality. That we're not trying to move ahead of God. We're waiting and we're resting on what God's going to do. And we're preparing an atmosphere. I don't know. People sometimes get, why are you going to create an atmosphere? You don't have to create. The atmosphere is already inside of you. 
the king of glory is already inside of you and he's moving through you. It says that this, it says, and the keepers of the prison awaken from sleep. And seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisons, prisoners have all, had all fled, drew a sword and they were going to take their lives. So the guards, the ones, the keepers, the ones who are keeping, come on, the drug lords. Come on, the witches and the warlocks that are keeping people bound, awoke and said, oh no, they're all running. I might have to kill myself. Oh no. Yeah, we have the mercy of God. And Paul says, wait. We didn't go anywhere. We're still here. As a matter of fact, we're more free than we ever were. And we're in this prison. something happens as we give ourselves completely over to prayer and worship God wants this place to erupt with prayer and worship not striving to bring revival <laughs> the audacity of calling ourselves the awakening revival center But walking in humility and posturing ourselves, God, we worship you. And awakening will happen. And revival will happen. And the captives will be set free. And the, and the miracles will flow. Why? Because we're focused on the love of the Father. And we can see you, Father, moving from place to place. And your glory's traveling in the region. And we can't stop it. We just want to promote it. We don't, we're not promoting ourselves. We want to promote the glory of God. We want to promote God. How do you even promote God? You be light. You be invaded. You allow yourself to be invaded by his presence so that nothing, 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 nothing can get in. We, gotta, we have to, as a community, guard from distraction. We have to, as individuals, guard from distraction. Right? God wants to do exceedingly. And I overused this one. I was going to preach on this this week. <laughs> Ephesians 3 and 20. I can't even understand it fully, so I can't do it yet. But exceedingly, that means over and above, high, high above what I think or imagine. Or can even comprehend. That's what he wants to do in this hour. That's what he wants to do. Not just for this place. But I'm going to take it as my own. And you should receive it as your own. Because everyone personally has to take responsibility for their portion. I'm telling you. It's necessary because God wants to take us. I can feel the Lord moving right now. He wants to pull us into a deeper place. And all you have to do is say, yes, God, I'll do it. I'll be there. I'm waiting. I'm slowing down. It's hard for me to slow down while I've got 8,000 square feet that needs to be fixed. But it's happening. It's crazy because the Lord's teaching me. Two weeks ago, I was overwhelmed. 
This week, I'm good. Two days off, I need it. No, did I did. And there's really not that much to do left. Because the ease and the glory. Because we're working with the angels. Come on, we're working with the glory of God. We're, we're moving into this place. I'm telling you, it's the rhythm of God's glory in this hour that's going to keep us. It's learning the rhythm of God. He has a grace on the glory that he's going to release over your life. All you have to do is cooperate with it. Walk emotionally healthy. I can't even fix that in one sentence because those three things I told you are just the tip of the iceberg. 